War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals, they're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in, routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Uh, today, it is Tuesday. It is September 27th. Uh, if you haven't seen it, that was pretty um <clears throat> very intense last night i got to the scene uh right after six o'clock armed standoff with police central falls tremont street and uh i want to credit central falls police but really rhode island state police came in this was an armed standoff a uh, guy named michael he had a uh, i believe a high-powered weapon would not come out of the house they waited him out they brought in the beer cat if you haven't seen the video uh, I, I did live stream it last night, and it is, it's very intense. It's remarkable. We were able to get very, very close. If you haven't seen it, log on at the website, dipetro.com, and you can see the footage. And again, I want to credit very good police work. They were patient. They took all the necessary steps. They then uh, had what is called the State Police Beer Cat. It's an armored vehicle. They go right in front of the home. They have the SWAT team there, the snipers. The whole thing they even had the robot i don't know what was going on with the robot uh seemed to be having some problems trying to make it up the stairs maybe it was doing what it was supposed to maybe it wasn't but i'm not sure you know what i was i was unfamiliar with last night is all that money that they got covid money all the google money and i, I and again it could have been operated correctly but it looked as though the robot the state police robot the bot that they send in that has a camera on it it looked like it couldn't make its way up to upstairs so however that has to be adjusted at one point it was then like flipping over maybe they needed it maybe they didn't uh he then did come out and surrender it was very dramatic uh i i, I was really kind of taken aback by the crowd in central falls uh i maybe i shouldn't be but you just think it's just it was loud it was boisterous um many of the people were cheering for him not to come out so but in the end i want to uh, credit state police now folks um all eyes on Woodsaka tonight high drama now I, I i believe people are paying attention but this could be very very dramatic tonight in fact that we are hearing that the mayor may be forced out so i'm not sure I mean, and, and the thing is, though, she is, she's on the ballot unopposed in November. But it could be very, very interesting tonight. So I, I know they're kind of going back and forth a little bit. and But the, the mayor of Woonsocket, um, Mayor Baldelli Hunt, might be forced out of office. Now, the race for governor, Ashley Kalis has a new commercial out. I think it's very strong. It's very hard-hitting um and and it's very well deserved i i want to play governor mckee doubling down on cabinet raises is he's not dealing in reality whoever he was i i am starting to question 
he he never admits he's wrong. It sounds like they made a mistake. And he stands firm in his proposal to raise. What, why are you giving raises up to $60,000? And it's a joke in order to attract and retain top talent. No one's leaving. All right, let's hear. This is the Channel 12 uh, story on it. Backlash continues. I'm Shannon Heggie. I'm Mike Montecalvo. Today, the state held a public hearing with public comments about Governor Dan McKee's proposal to give about a dozen cabinet members a pay raise. And it was there Joke. that the team admitted there was some confusion about uh, the state law regarding God. those raises. Of course Tuesday's there was. Has the it's always a mistake. The gang that can't shoot straight. Last week, there were raises from fifteen thousand to sixty thousand dollars. A sixty thousand dollar raise. Are you kidding me? Two point five percent yearly increase in those salaries. Something the governor says is long overdue. No, it is not. And competitive when compared to oh, other states. Oh, give me a break. When it comes to those proposed cabinet member no wonder he's got the sunglasses Governor on. Dan McKee says at first he didn't have the state law about salaries right. I first reviewed the proposed increases for the 13 cabinet positions presented today. I understood the sal suggested salaries as the tops of their respective ranges. However, it is now my understanding that, by statute, the proposals represent flat rates and not salary Oh, caps. my God. And at this morning's Department of Administration meeting, his office presented a new list of numbers. These reflect a 2.5 yearly percent increase since the last time the salary of the position changed. For example, under this recent proposal, the Department of Health Director's salary would go from 140K to 150K. The state says the goal is to keep things competitive. The work is the same. And uh, and we and we compete for the same, uh, you know, individuals. No, we don't. Sets that they represent. No, we don't. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Just like I say, we're going to level the playing field. They're bigger states between Massachusetts and uh, Connecticut, and making sure we're competitive there. BS. He stands by his original set of numbers, which he at first understood to be God, the salary cap. It's a bold-faced lie. He still believes the health director should, in fact, be making two hundred thousand dollars. Oh my but God! But understands it can't happen overnight. The governor's Republican opponent came to the public meeting Good. herself to give her take, Good. calling the proposed raises out of touch. That's right, Ashley. This is a pattern of incompetence and also backing away when public pressure calls out things that he does that are simply wrong. Yes. Now, the Department of Administration will now give a recommendation to the General Assembly, and the General Assembly can weigh in. And really, in just the last 15, 10 minutes ago, new reaction has started to come in. Republican lawmakers are already calling for a special session to discuss this, and we just got a statement from both the House Speaker and the Senate President. They tell us once this recommendation gets to the State House, then they will, of course, review it. Report yeah, everyone's always reviewing everything. Another boneheaded mistake. I want to hear Governor McKee. What, like, lose the sunglasses. What is he, Biden? I, I, you know, and, and, and what he's saying makes no sense. We don't, we don't have a flood of people leaving. You want to be the head of this department? That's what it pays. Oh, well, we have to keep pace with Massachusetts. No, we don't. Here we go. Setting uh, pay scales for the position, uh, not any individual. Uh, and my anticipation was that no one leaves. Range, right now, state law doesn't let you do a range. It only lets you pick a number. So we went back in and we calculated a strategy. Uh, that we needed to do very shady with the sunglasses the governor that the general assembly passed it gave us the authority to do exactly what we did today before september 30th so when you need to make sure that um you know we're keeping good people long term and no well one's leaving when you, when you need to. And in terms of getting to the thresholds that i believe you need to get to in those positions we'll do that over time you know it might be it might take two years it might take three years i don't know but 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 the first step today was to... What a uh, joke. It's completely, completely unnecessary. I mean, it's just more promises to try to get himself elected. All right, I want to play. Ashley Kalis has a new ad out. I'm being told they're going to correct it. I don't understand. You come out with a new commercial. Is anyone listening to this? Have the guy pronounce Pawtucket correctly. I, I, this is like self-inflicted wound. I'm told they're going to correct it before it hits the airwaves, but this is the new commercial. Career politician Dan Here we McKee. Go. Not bad for a year and a half. Career 
politician Dan McKee, worst governor in the country, corrupt from the start, selling access to the highest bidder, bonuses for his friends, 40 million of taxpayer funds for the Superman building, 60 million for Pawtucket Soccer Stadium, Port Pawtucket. the FBI investigating huh. the ILO contract, Pawtucket. refusing to release the subpoena. Dan, time to lawyer up. So many corrupt insider deals, it's time for a change. You know that I want to play that ad uh, one more time. I think it's good, except for it's it's Pawtucket, Pawtucket. I know it looks like Pawtucket, but one of the ways you can always tell someone's from out of town is they say Paw, the Pawtucket Red Sox. No, it's Pawtucket. It just it just is. Every area has, you know, much like it's not East Greenwich, it's East Greenwich. It's Greenwich, Connecticut. It's not Greenwich, Connecticut. It it's it's Pawtucket. It's not Pawtucket. Someone should have caught that. I'll say this. I'm trying to be supportive with the Kalis campaign. They're making allegations you lived in Illinois, which you did. There's nothing wrong with that. Have a house in Florida. Nothing wrong with that. But you, when you is, is anyone listening to this? Who is listening to this? The guy is reading the announcer what the script in front of him. It's Pawtucket. When you come out with a commercial, they mispronounce a place, a city, It's and say Pawtucket. It stands out to people. That's what jumps out of the ad. Let me play one more time. Here we go. Not bad for a year and a half. Career politician Dan McKee, worst governor in the country, corrupt from the start, selling access to the highest bidder, bonuses for his friends, True. $40 million of taxpayer funds for the Superman building. 60 million for Pawtucket Soccer Stadium. True. The FBI investigating the ILO contract. Yep. Refusing to release the subpoena. Dan, time to lawyer up. So many corrupt insider deals, it's time for a change. Now, folks, I'll say this about the uh, race for governor. Um, people are, are really starting to realize that in, in that um, lieutenant governor's race, you know, it's important. And people are starting to realize there there is a real possibility that he could get indicted and end up in handcuffs before, you know. All right, so he wins. Let's just say Governor McKee wins the general election. It's possible, very very possible. Uh, we haven't seen a poll on where this race is. I think there's a big undecided. I am getting the sense though that if Ashley Kalis can handle herself with the debates, and if she has a strong, the next thirty days are pivotal for her. She. You know, there's actually a path she could pull this off. Um, I think there is because people really don't like this. But here's what people have to ask themselves. And, and I'm, you know, obviously we like to kid around on the program. But you have to, like, so Governor McKee and Savina Matos, a population of one million. Are these really the two best people that we can come up with? That, that's, there's no way. Absolutely not. There has to be more competent leadership. All these insider deals, the amount of mistakes that his office makes. And again, I don't know. It's either the candidate or it's the people he has around him. Um, he has nice people on his staff. They're not highly regarded. I'll say that. He certainly didn't go out and try to get a lot of talent. He kind of has tried to cruise through this whole thing with like the Cumberland crew almost. No, all due respects to those in Cumberland. But just more of, you know, the people that worked with him as lieutenant governor. He brought in one person. The, his big outside hire was Eva Mancuso. And she was the one that went to hand him the phone with Helena folks on election night. You know, that was when I've spoken to people uh, that work at the state house. They say that actually was reflective of how his office operates, which is they make a lot of mistakes. And you have to, you, you can't fully remove him. So I think it's interesting, though, yesterday. I mean, it was sunny out, but the governor's standing there, kind of cocky, sunglasses on, maybe thinks it's like a Biden thing, and trying to justify in this climate his staff members getting these huge raises. You don't see anyone in the, in the, in the public sector, in, in the, the private sector, excuse me, private sector, a private company. When's the last time someone said to you, yeah, I got a $60,000 raise? The, this business, that is a complete dishonesty that, well, you know, we have to keep pace. 
Massachusetts, Massachusetts and Connecticut, they're not stealing anyone. They're not taking anybody. I don't know what, what he's talking about. We know that, that, like, that's a fact they're not taking anybody. So this business that somehow he acts, Governor McKee acts like, well, my hands are tied. In order to hold on to all this top talent, we have to, you have to paint. I, I don't know what he's, does anyone know what he's talking about? I'm not sure what he's talking about. But we do know that he does not have to do that. So, all right. So a lot, folks, ahead. Now, also, it is interesting, that big hurricane that it's about to hit Florida. Things in Russia, by the way, are really heating up. And there's talk that there's going to be pushback. Do we have sound on that? I mean, there is real potential pushback on Putin. He has, uh, this is very good news, by the way, but he is really, this did not go the way. You know, but we've been saying all along, this would have to be from within that they would have to over, overthrow um, overthrow Putin, that it was not going to, you know, the United States, people were saying, can't we just bomb him or something like that? Um, we, we can't. Our intelligence was right about that. So we, we, you know, you can't do something like that. But it sounds as if there are starting to be all the makings that potentially they may overthrow Putin in Russia. Oh, good. There is a piece. Escalating resistance to Russia across the thousands have taken to the streets to protest. Let me uh, play this a little bit. With escalating resistance across Russia to Putin's new military drafts. Thousands have taken to the streets. Others lining up at the border to get out of the country. Chief Foreign Correspondent Ian Panel is on the scene in Ukraine. Good morning, Ian. Yeah, good morning, George. Frankly, extraordinary scenes at Russia's border with thousands and thousands of people, many of them fighting age men, essentially voting with their feet against Putin's effort to try and mobilize reservists into his war in Ukraine. This morning, tens of thousands fleeing Russia, desperate to avoid being drafted into Vladimir Putin's war in Ukraine. Here, you can see the massive line of cars stretching for miles as Russians, many fighting age men, try to cross into neighboring Georgia. More than 100,000 have crossed through here in the last week. Reports of some waiting for over two days to get across. Andre fled from his home in St. Petersburg into nearby Finland. He says, I don't want to fight for Putin. I don't want to die young. And in Russia, the backlash turning violent. In Siberia, a gunman entering a recruitment office, opening fire, wounding one officer before being taken into custody. And in the western part of the country, a man is seen firebombing another recruitment office, seen in this video online. At least 17 have been reportedly targeted in recent days. Now in the Russian Republic of Dagestan, people taking to the streets to oppose the draft, clashing with local police. And this morning, the final day of the staged referenda in Russian-occupied parts of Ukraine. There are fears Moscow will then formally annex these regions, declaring them part of Russia. But the White House and others dismissing the Kremlin's attempts to steal Ukrainian land. We stand with our partners Good. around the world in rejecting whatever fabricated Good. outcomes Russia announces. Good. There are concerns that if Russia officially annexes these territories, possibly by the end of this week, Putin could then use it as an excuse to further escalate the war in Ukraine. Take well, them out. Reports in the Russian media denied by the Kremlin that Russian authorities could try and prevent some people from leaving. There's certainly plenty of evidence to suggest people are being stopped and checked, and in some cases, not allowed to leave the country. George? And Ian, there's all- not enough bad things can happen. Folks, a lot ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality Fair pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience, specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month, they provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, Call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now. 
1730 for J. Perry Paving. Sure, listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. It's time for our segment, Politics, this week. Joining us, he's the managing editor for AnchorRising.com. It is Justin Katz. Justin, I want to start off with what took place. It was a week ago, last Monday. Uh, it's really even still hard to fathom. I don't think enough attention has been put on it and probably won't be on it. But just the fact that you had a private event, Nicole Salas uh, decided to sponsor an event. A group of adults uh, took out and wanted to use a meeting space at a public library, have a private event. A group of adults have a discussion now inside, and it had to do with the way uh, gender is being handled in schools and so forth, education and teens. And, and, um, and the fact is that there were about 20 people inside and there were more than 200 outside. And the bottom line fact of the matter is, and a lot of this was on social media, but, but you know, cause you were actually kind of in the thick of it a little bit and discussing it. The, the other side, they were trying to cancel that meeting. And that was an angry mob outside. And I, as someone that was there, Justin Katz, the only reason why there was no trouble is because the Cranston police were there. But there were people who would plan to go inside. They were going to try to disrupt and cancel the meeting. And if the roles had ever been reversed, it would have been a huge national story of here you have 20 parents inside that are trying to discuss gender. And what do you do with these kids that are trans? And then there was an angry mob of 200 hateful rhetoric outside and they tried to stop it in this whole big business. So I want to start off just getting some of your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, it's a, we, we don't have to look far for an example. I mean, when when a handful of white nationalists disrupted a handful of socialists having a reading of uh, That's right. Marx's Mein Kampf or whatever Marx's book was, um, he uh, I know that wasn't it, by the way. Um, that was a national news. That was the, how dare they attack speech? And here yep. it's, it's reversed. It's bigger. I mean, it, it was you say 20 people inside, but, you know, you have to wonder how many people didn't go just oh, because yeah. they, they knew. Absolutely. And, and, and it was more, ad- maybe there were like 30, maybe there were 30. But a lot of people, if you didn't want, I mean, forget about it. You'd have to go through the gauntlet. I'm sure a number of people that maybe were going to go decided it's not worth it. Right, exactly. So, but I mean, there's there's no way to tell. But what's the thing that's most striking to me is the just the the chameleon dishonesty of the progressives here, right up to yeah. people who are who are in Rhode Island media. I mean, there there were absolutely calls for a week in advance to disrupt, to go in, take up space, shut it down, call for the library to cancel it. The only reason that didn't happen was, well, first of all, the, the library's lawyer said, no, you, you really you'll be violating their civil rights if you cancel this event. The ACLU actually somehow managed to find the backbone to say, no, they have to be able to have this event. And they created some police there. And then all of a sudden, all the progressives are saying, well, no, it was just a peaceful protest. They got to have it. Nobody canceled it. There was no censorship. There was no violence. And yet they were making fun of the fact that the police had to be there to protect them. Like, yeah, from you. Yeah. The entire uh, presentation of this, and I think people really need to t- pay attention to what this means. This this wasn't, uh, you know, they're calling them hateful bullies. The the people having a presentation inside the library. This was a PowerPoint presentation. This was not. They weren't doing like a progressive style direct action and going through the schools or intimidating kids. Or they were talking. They were having a presentation about information. That's not allowed. You have to be. You cannot question the most radical. Uh, of progressive movements right now. And the, the news media jumps right in and helps them out and supports it, prevents, presents the narrative exactly as they want. But I think that's what people have to pay attention to is you, we're losing our rights. You can see very clearly to the extent that these people take power, people who you cannot disagree with them. You will lose your civil rights if you disagree with them once they have power. It's just, it's as plain as anything and people need to wake up to that fact. Dishonesty is a good word, uh, Justin Katz. And, and let's, you know, I'm not a fool. We'll name names. Mike Stanton, who used to be a very good reporter for the Providence Journal, even an author, but he's seen as like the eldest statesman. By the way, he also teaches journalism in UConn, but he was publicly trying to get people to and pressure William Hall Library to cancel the event. By, oh, gee, I'm so disappointed in my library in doing this and say it isn't so. And that's all passive aggressive approach to try to get other people. There were progressives posting the phone number, telling people to call, 
I, I applaud the library. I, I mean, and they did go to their, you know, legal um, counsel to make sure and, and realize they were on the right side of this. But, you know, one of the best examples, and I saw you get into it, was that he's Dan York's producer, Bill Bartholomew, who was like, oh, we didn't, we didn't censor them. You absolutely censored them. Their, your objective was to cancel the event. That's what they wanted to do. When it, it failed because the library wouldn't fold, when it failed because the police were there and were not going to allow you to disrupt, then it became the peaceful, oh, you know, the dishonesty of the peaceful protest. But just to catch, this is this was a private event where a group of adults wanted to get together and discuss, as you say, a PowerPoint presentation. And, and they thought they were totally in the right to disrupt and try to cause so much friction and tension that they were going to get the event canceled. They, 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 this is one of the most, I'm telling you, Justin, one of the most pathetic displays that they don't even realize just who they really are and what their actions are. That is another example that if you don't agree with them, they absolutely do not believe in freedom of speech. They believe that event, if they had their way, they all would have went crashing in there and shut the whole thing down. Oh, exactly. Certainly. And and we've seen this on college campuses going back a decade or more where a speaker will come just to <clears throat> present a point of view. And they they literally have to be ushered out the back door by police yep. because they're being hunted down on the campus by progressives. That's what's coming to our communities. And <clears throat> it's not, excuse me, it's not clear that even a lot of people in the audience even know what they're there for. They're probably told that these are, you know, white nationalists are out to yes. kill people. But yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous situation. And on top of that, the way the media treats it even, you know, there was a story and it was described, Nicole Solis was described, the leader of a tiny organization. Well, you know, if you're going to start describing organizations, that Reverend Donnie used to be Donald Anderson, Donnie Anderson, he is the reverend of a non-existent church. He doesn't have a parish. He doesn't have, so he should be the tiny reverend who doesn't even have a flock. And you're exactly right. I, I even illustrated as someone that was there. Those people, they didn't even know what they were doing there, what it was about. And the main person that came to speak, uh, Chris Elson, he, he was out front filming the crowd. They didn't even know that it was him. He was just standing there. I mean, they had no idea really other than, and of course, they you know brought children and, it's, and they're hate mongers and it's white supremacy. And then, then you start to see what if it was this, what if it was that. It, it, it is hard to believe, Justin Katz, this is 2022. Again, this were this was not, you know, the Patriot Front we're going to gather or the Proud Boys were going to use the space or some, you know, extremist Oath Keepers. Were gonna, th this is a group of parents. Uh, we're going to get together and, and listen to a speaker talk about how gender is going on in school. And, and the media narrative to me was the community got together and had a peaceful protest and they showed the white supremacist hate mongers and, t and Senator Mack. She spoke that Representative Brandon Potter, these are elected officials taking part in this, and it is a total charade of dishonesty. Oh, absolutely. And I think the fact that there were children there raises a very important point. We have now, thanks to Republicans who didn't see it coming, uh, <clears throat> project-based civics. That's what this is. That means kids are going to be getting school credit to go to these kind of events. Um, and that's another thing we need to keep an eye on. That's exactly right. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Justin Katz. Our segment is Politics This Week right here on the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane, heating and cooling it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing, ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button, and remember, all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment. It's Propane Plus, and remember with Propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. Call Propane Plus today at 401 885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com propane plus call them 401-885-4209 
Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, AnchorRising.com. Well, Justin, it is um, it is hard to believe the decision that came down last week. Actually, it's not hard to believe. But uh, we are we are in a day and age where Governor Mundo with the pre press briefing. It started several years. It actually even started during 2016, the spring when she had Vice President Biden in and toll works and uh, road works and and the, put the tolls up there. And those truckers never gave up. Here it is four years later. And the truck tolls, it, it proves to be that it's, it's unconstitutional. You can't just select one group. That is really what they were saying all along. This went to the highest levels of government. Of course, Raimondo was no longer here. And <clears throat> I'm very interested. People need to pay attention to what's happening here. Because as much as Governor McKee keeps saying we're going to review it, we're not sure. But they have 30 days if they're going to appeal this. And already, General Treasurer Seth Magazine running for Congress does the union bidding. The union loved, as you know, they love that 40, 45 million private fund direct to them out of the budget. No one's tinkering with it. Uh, a direct source of money in the form of the truck tolls. So you also have Speaker Sakachi saying, I, I think the state should. But now it falls to Governor McKee, who is totally seemingly caught flat footed. And all he kept re repeating was, we're going to review the situation. We're going to review the review. And um, and he is in a hard spot because I would imagine they're even going to ask for an extension because the last thing he wants to do is have to make a tough decision before Election Day. <laughs> Definitely. And, and the decision here is whether to cancel the tolls and be completely waste the whole effort and money or toll cars, which was what the advocate said was going to be coming down the pike when it was found yeah. unconstitutional. That really needs to be a bigger story. And Raimondo is kind of skating away because she's on this national stage now. But yeah. This was completely avoidable. There was no need for this. Just a waste of money and time because they were trying to push something through, expecting that nobody would have the resources to fight it. That is absolutely true. And on top of that, and I want people to understand that the, how the unfairness of this. I mean, if the truckers didn't have the resources and it was these are, you know, this is also kind of declaring war on, on, on business and certainly business unfriendly. But um what, what does it tell you that, like, to me, this is, it really puts McKee in a box because I believe the unions are absolutely, they expect him, hey, we gave you the endorsement. We got you over the finish line uh, on primary day. We fully, like, who cares what businesses think? Who cares what the regular taxpayers think? We expect you to appeal this because we, we want our money. That's you know, and, and as much as they can say, well, you know, it's actually a small portion of uh, the Rhode Island DOT budget, which is close to nine hundred million dollars. Hey, 40 million dollars is 40 million dollars. And I think what they really liked was this was not in a budget that could fluctuate up and down. It was a direct source. They give them a, it's almost like a separate budget item in, in their reaction to the state is then, hey, we still want our money. But we, where do you think this leads with Governor McKee, Justin Katz? Well, it certainly makes me think of your predictions that he had a big bill he was going to have to pay for that endorsement yeah. that got him over the line. And I think absolutely, this ought to be an easy political question for him. It wasn't his call. He wasn't the governor. <coughs> Excuse me. They ought to, he ought to be able to say, well, this was a lesson learned. It's terrible that my predecessor did this, but he can't because the unions want the money. So he's got to, he's got to go with it. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting whether they go with appeal, fight, and dismantle or you know just toll cars and, and there you go i i think the tolling cars is a lot more likely now than it seemed a few years ago just because it, the unions have such a such a grip on the state but i think the the democrats are, are going to try to make this decision easier for mckee and we saw some evidence of that with uh, patrick anderson of the province journal uh his presentation was republicans pounce basically you know they're all the i told you so's well yeah but that's not the story the right. story is they were right it was obvious this shouldn't have been done democrats did it trying to get one over on the people and there you go that's the story but instead they've got to try to oh the republicans are all saying i told you so they're going to try to help mckee make this make this seem like it's not his fault and that somebody else is to blame and it may work people just don't pay that much attention and, and I saw that the reaction was, here comes the pile on the pile on yeah. to put the tolls up. The numbers that I saw, it cost 76 million to put it up, 7 million in legal fees. So 
quick addition. You're up to 83 million just out of the box, stand up setup costs, let alone whatever it costs the labor and the hours to actually install them. I don't know what that is. I haven't seen DOT release that figure, but it has to be, you know, uh, pretty substantial. Plus the studying of where to put them. I would imagine when you add all of that, that's a couple million. Now, the number that I saw that I believe Channel 12 had, Justin Katz, was that it was all together over the four years, it brought in 100 million. But the fact of the matter is when you then subtract whatever that it was at least at least 75 million. No, it was at least 85 million to get the whole thing up and running. The net potentially could end up being 15 million over the over the four years. And I'm not exaggerating. It could be right in that vicinity, which means with everything that went through that the state was basically netting a a couple million a year. Do you think um, what do you make of the way that Republican Ashley Kalis has has handled this? Well, I I think it's an area where she could be stronger. I mean, there's a lot of room to be very strong here, um, especially as the media starts to dig in and try to try to turn a story to her. I mean, it's it's not a difficult call to make to me. Republicans should be say, touting the fact that they had it right and that this is just corruption in, of that party and McKee's hands are not clean in it. I think that in uh, in also this is one of the things I like about this issue is it's it's easy to understand. People can understand at all. I also, Justin Katz, when Governor McKee says not on my watch, they won't be tolling cars. Why would anyone? Why would anyone believe that? You know, we've seen uh, a series of things happen in the state where it starts off with it's either going to be small or it's temporary. And they all give the, you know, not on my watch. But but what does that mean? Then all they need, as you and I know, is for the General Assembly, that they're the ones that then since they control it, they're the ones that take action. We we both know the governor never really needs to sign a bill if there's no action. It then just ultimately takes effect as law. So I think it rings hollow with uh, the whole element of Governor McKee, like not on my watch, because I think the thing about that that struck me was suddenly, you know, here was the guy. Like, when did he become on the side of the taxpayers? What, what do you mean? Not on my watch. His watch has been protecting the interests of the special interest showing up at that you know, that that picket line strike at a private business, handing out three thousand dollar bonuses. Um, we're going to get into the raises. And as a matter of fact, when you talk about it now, this business of not on my watch, when has he chosen to do the right thing for the public as opposed to just doing whatever's going to get him votes? Yeah, not that I've seen. And conveniently no. for him, the bill won't, won't really come due until after the election, which is and he's counting on his union friends to get him over the line for the next one, I'm sure. Yeah. So I, uh, nobody should have any trust in that. Not on my watch. To me, that sounds one like he just wants to get elected, and two, it's kind of negotiating with the general assembly in advance, telling them you're going to have to take some of the heat on this and help me come up with a story that allows me to let this through, uh, or enough votes to just push it over the top. So I think something like this, uh, a lot of people are going to cash in to get their to have their votes bought in the general assembly, uh, and uh, as we've said, the governor is already cashing in on on support from the labor unions. So I, I I'll be surprised. It could happen. You know, I don't want to I don't want to predict evil in the future, but uh, I'll be surprised if if anybody in government government who can make a difference actually protects taxpayers on this. I think they're gonna they're gonna appeal. They're gonna want to find some way for the courts or the federal government to save them from having to, to make bad calls here. Um, but I, I don't know that the, that is coming. That's a good point. And I want people to understand that, uh, you know, the labor unions, especially in this case, I believe it's like the Teamsters do a lot. They, they absolutely will contact the reps and say, you know, if there is a vote and they're saying asking, should should the state appeal? We want to make sure we can we can count on on your vote. I mean, it is certainly not beyond the bounds to do that. And then that's where. You know, the rubber meets the road. That's where you really find out if there's a profile of courage or they're they're just going to go along. And and the mm-hmm. fact is, someone like a McKee or even Sakachi, they, they know that. And then you have to weigh, you know, it's a little late in the game now, but they certainly don't forget. And then this could, you know, ultimately lead to it's a little too late for them to get someone to run against you. But 
uh, as we've talked about, especially the well, the Democrat side, they you do not want to fall onto the wrong side because the the political leaders up there won't protect you from the special interests, whether it's the speaker, the Senate, well, certainly not the Senate president. He's one of the laborers. And then um, and Governor McKee, as we've seen, is is the ultimate go along to get along. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Our segment politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com right here on the John DePietro show. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Justin, Governor McKee, they're having the hearing today. This business of state raises. He's again continuing this false narrative that it's necessary to retain and attract high quality people to state government. The real fact of the matter is, as you and I know, there's no reason to give these these raises. This is another you know, there's always something added and deals that are made and then the bill comes due. Uh, there's not been all these people that have been leaving to take jobs. As you and I both know, it's just the opposite. We watched a series of people, especially reporters for the Providence Journal, that were all bailing out of the private sector to take jobs with the state. So this business of we have to keep pace and and we're losing uh, you know, high quality. We're not. Listen, this is what it pays. This is the job. You're, you're going to get a great benefit package. Um, you know, it's basically an eight to four type job. And and then, you know, pension and everything on top of that. This has nothing to do with that somehow the state is having a tough time filling positions. Therefore, you have to raise more. This is all just more promises made. With these huge raises, by the way, you know, one forty-five to one ninety-five, a fifty thousand dollar raise in state government. Um, th- this is just to me another example, complete abuse of the system by the McKee administration. Oh yeah, absolutely, Bu- and buying support. And it, you're exactly right. There's there's no evidence that state government is having problem recruiting in Rhode Island. It is it is our primary industry state government in Rhode Island. That's that's not something they're, they're struggling to do. These And it's not as if these people are working you know, on a quasi-volunteer basis. They're getting paid good money to have these jobs. But, uh, you know, there there should be a point. I mean, if he wants to say, hey, look at the look at the complete mess of our primary ballots, where we couldn't even just follow simple processes to make sure the ballots were accurate. Maybe there's a case to be made that the people who in state government are not enti- not as competent as they might good otherwise point. be. Uh, but but that's not the case they're making. Or, you know, it's just we've got to be able to attract good people. Nobody in the state is getting this money. The point is they're they've got the money from all the COVID stimulus and et cetera, and tax raises over decades. They've got the money and they're, they're shuffling it off to special interests. It's, it's that simple. And, you know, this is one of these areas where just the McKee, as I thought he was as Lieutenant governor and mayor and the McKee, as he turned out to be is just night and day. I mean, I, I, if you had asked me a couple of years ago, I would have said, you know, there's a chance with all the surplus money, the McKee administration would say, let's give it back to taxpayers. We right. We're, we're good. We're golden. We don't need we need to be a little bit more frugal and, and let make sure that private businesses have their have resources, too, so they can stay afloat. But instead, you get this special interest buy. And even when they give money back, what is it? I haven't seen it yet, but is it 250 per child that McKee wants to give away to families? It's just a buy off. It's not a structural thing to help businesses succeed. And that's why I just, I, I would have expected a, a, a former business owner, McKee, to understand, you know, you've got to have the structure for our entire economy to attract good businesses, good jobs. It can't be all about, we need to attract good people in state government, but that's, a, that's all that seems to matter in Rhode Island anymore. And I, I want people, just so people understand, I always think a pretty easy way to understand it would be, and it, it would play out in baseball with the Oakland A's. They even made the, the movie about a money ball where the Oakland A's just had a very limited budget and teams like, you know, the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox and 
and uh, maybe the Mets, they would, they would prey upon them because they would pay more. Because in baseball, it's not like football or basketball where everybody has the same payroll. It's, it's different in baseball. And that's why you have these teams like the, you know, the Cincinnati Reds and uh, Oakland is, of course, like the big one. And the, even the Pittsburgh Pirates. But they, they don't pay the way the big teams do. So that's how you have players that then they're a star for the Oakland A's and then they're stolen away by the Red Sox and the and especially the New York Yankees, like the highest payroll in baseball. That's not happening. That's not what's going on. <laughs> it's not like there are local businesses that are attracting and picking all the talent. They because of their poor policies, they've scared businesses away. So now you're exactly right. It becomes the the state government. And it's more of, yeah, I should make more. It's not that they're threatening of leaving. You know, sometimes with when that um I remember Amy Kemp got the job at CCRI and, and it was a job she had never done before. It was going to be communication for CCRI and they were going to pay her 129000 And it was a job I think initially had been listed at 85000 And I would say at the time, so does that mean um, when they offered her one twenty nine, if that had been one oh nine, twenty thousand less, was she walking out the door saying, no way, deal breaker, I'm not taking the job for that? No, no, that's not what it is. If how many times, you know, today, this week, people listening, someone is going to have a job interview. And when offered the job, then they're going to negotiate and they're going to say, gee, you know, is there any way you could make it 20,000 more or 10,000 more or whatever the number is? And the business will decide we can't afford to pay that. Or, I mean, this goes on all the time. But these people in state government, if, if they had said to Amy Kemp, here's the job, it's at CCRI, it pays 99,000, it would have said, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, there aren't a lot of options. Now, folks, again, our segment is politics this week. With us is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. Now, Justin, there were a series of stories at the end of last week. I noticed that uh, both Providence Journal and um, Channel 12, but they Channel 12 does a lot of investigative, but they have found that Ashley Kalis, things are definitely not smooth. I wouldn't say that there's anything nefarious here, but do you think it's going to hurt her with some of the questions that are being raised about where she was voting, where the husband was voting and this whole business of the homestead extension that they were getting in uh, Illinois? Well, I, I think it hurts her probably only to the extent that it knocks her off balance a little bit and yeah. she has to spend time fighting it. I mean, it's, it's actually a very, very similar story to what you were just mentioning with Amy Kemp getting a big job with CCRI. That's how Democrats in the state keep people in line. That's how they get people motivated to run for office. You get involved yeah. and you'll take care of you. We'll, one day we'll give you a six figure salary you don't deserve for a cushy do nothing job. That's, that's the promise. And that's what keeps people in line. The Republicans haven't had that for a long, long time in Rhode Island. And so you do, you end up with people, especially locally, who are kind of the the more zealous types that aren't necessarily going to put things in a way that local journalists will will be gentle about. But you also get people who come in and haven't learned any better yet because they're new to the state. And I think that's what we see with Ashley Kalis here. You, you need people who can self-fund because other people aren't going to get involved that much unless there's already a, a lot of money there because they don't have a lot to give as incentives, as promises for here's what's coming in the future. So I think, I think you know, it's my favorite tweet on all this was Representative Chippendale said, you know, a couple of years ago, we were talking about voting. And I mentioned that a lot of people in Rhode Island are registered in more than one state. And the journalist, one of the same ones going after Ashley Kalis, was saying, oh, well, whatever, that doesn't matter. There's no evidence that anything happens is bad here. That's just how it goes. And uh, that journalist had a point, you know, on a one to one basis. And that's what we have right now is, you know, Life is messy. When you move to a new area, you don't necessarily say, oh, I better hurry up and change my voter registration today. Uh, you know, that that sort of thing. It's just I so I don't know that the story has much traction. But if if she gets caught up trying to defend it, depending how how unembarrassed and obvious the news media is in pressing it. But one of the points I raised was, isn't it curious that this comes out now? You know, this they've had this this story has been out there and available to them for for weeks and weeks or months and months rather. And this is now what we're going to talk about now that we're in a general, it's like a get the Republican kind of thing. And Justin, just touch on that. Cause you were talking about that a little bit on social media. Like why is it all of a sudden now when they've had this for quite some time that it's just the focus on it? You feel that a lot more of this should be, should be done in advance. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's always a convenient excuse, right? They're, oh, well, now that the, the primary is over, the people are interested in the general, and that's why it's a story now. Well, yeah, no, you've been going after Ashley Kalis from the beginning, and part of the reason there, there, people pay attention more to the Democrat primary is you don't, you don't pay attention to the others. I mean, look at the Republican primaries for other offices like lieutenant governor, right? There was no, no big stories, no nothing. They just, they kind of hold on to this. And so there, there are two possibilities in my mind. And I want to be clear. I don't think this is you know, the, the biggest story and they've, they've held on to this for months as a big gotcha, but it's just telling. So either the journalists all had this story. Remain healthy. Stop it and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can also look for her on Facebook, but call her 401-305-3585. You know the building. It's that historic white church diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. What do you find inside? Well, first of all, great service, great selection, vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like ICE, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, plus hemp and CBD products, natural skin care. It's my health. Pop in and see Marie. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. There's things for your pets. There's things for your children. There's things for your health. Stay healthy at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Again, call Marie. 401-305-3585 diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Thing to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website dipetro.com folks remember for all your tree service well you want to call yankee tree call them today 401-439-6028 yankee tree service yankee tree service.com what can they do they do it all tree trimming experts based right in lincoln tree removal since 2006 and also 24 7 emergency service available call yankee tree service today 439-6028 439-6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck at service and bobcat service since 2006 they've been performing tree removal service on top of that nothing stumps yankee tree service they provide stump grinding enjoy your landscape without the eyesore as far as pruning well let them get up there oftentimes a tree can be pruned instead of cutting it down at yankee tree service their licensed arbiters help you decide what's best the treatment plan for your tree and maybe it's an emergency service did something come down call them today 439 6028 439 6028 if they have to they get right up there in the bucket yankee tree service since 2006 tree trimming experts give them a call 439 6028 or online at yankee tree service.com